Start with immediately with the chusa, something, an introduction before you jump right into learning. You start with some sort of, uh, uh, as the chsim say, you have to warm up to it, right? So I was thinking that in hours of chus of coming to learn early in the morning is a huge chus, it's a huge merit. However, if you've been to New York, if you've been to places where it's really cold, you've been to Canada, there are Yidin who are getting up, it's still pitch black at this hour, and they try to get into cars, and it's freezing cold, and the shul is cold, and Hashem said, you know what, Yidin in Florida, I'm going to give you for starting Dafyaimi a little bit of a cold weather also, <laughs> so that you could also get some of that extra schar for getting up early in the morning in the cold and making your way out to shul. So, of course, the Mishnah, right? We know the format of Gemara. Mishnah, we start off with the Mishnah. From when is the earliest time that you could read the Shema, that you could say Shema at night? The mitzvah of saying Kriya Shema, the Sefer Chinuch explains the mitzvah of saying Kriya Shema, is Kabbalah's Omach Shemayim, an expression of Ava, an expression of love for Hashem and for what he's done for us. And where did we see that? In last week's parsha, right? We saw by Yaakov and Yosef, by the reunification, that the Shema was the first thing that Yaakov said as an expression of love to Hashem for getting Yosef back. <coughs> when do you read the Shema at night? So from the, the first opinion cited in the Mishnah is Rebbe Eliezer. Rebbe Eliezer says, the earliest time to recite the Shema at night is when the Kahanim would eat truma. Now, what is that? It's very hard for us to relate to this. We don't live in a, tru- in a, tu- in a truma world. But, of course, we all have heard of the concept of Meisr and Trumas. Truma Gedalel would go to the Kayin. Chazal say, right, 150th you give to a Kayin. And that's what the Kohen survived on. That's what he ate. He, uh, he ate truma. Now, what happens if you become Tame? A Kayan who's Tame, who eats Truma, says Chayev, Misa, Bidei, Shemayim, right? So it's a very serious infraction. And therefore, he has to be very careful, constantly aware that he touched something, did he do something to make himself impure, to make himself Tame? So, what would happen when a Kayan became Tame? Now, you understand that Kayan didn't necessarily, let's say a Kayan who was, it was his week to work in the base of Mikdash. So he became Tame, so he's out. And so he's not getting any meat from any of the kebabs. Fruits and vegetables, he doesn't own any land, right? The Kahanam didn't get any land. So he's stuck. What does he eat? His family's going to starve. No big deal. He gets trumas, he gets maestros from all the Israelis, from all the Jewish farmers. But if you're tummy and you can't eat the truma, so he literally, for him, he might be fasting that whole day with nothing to eat. So what is it? There's two steps to the Tahira process. Step number one is that he has to be tevel and he has to bring a carbon, and in between that time, he has to wait a full day, as the Gemara will bring a Pasuk later on, he has to wait till the evening time. So, Kahanim, their whole diet, their whole lifestyle was completely dependent on their, the times that they were allowed to eat. So, when we bring that as a reference point for starting the Shema, it's not like we're bringing some obscure halacha from Kachim, we're talking about a significant percentage of the Jewish population when they eat, because this is the food that they get. So the Mishra says, from the time that they start eating truma, a Kohen that became a Tame, who went to the mikvah, 
And now he's tahar, he's just waiting for the nightfall, and then he still has to bring a carbon subsequent to that, but he's all of a sudden allowed to eat supper. He can have a garden salad for supper, right? But there's a time limit as well. We'll see in the Gemara later what the different watches. It's not really a halachic point. A shmora, the watch, the night is divided. The machlaikas later on, how many watches, so to speak, the night is divided by the malachim. But it's not really uh, relevant to us when it is in some sense. The Chacham say that you can actually say Shema. They don't address the starting point. That seems to be they're in agreement with the Rebbelezer when the starting point of Shema is from the time that the Kohanim can eat Shema. But when, till when can you say the Shema? Till when can you say it? You know, so perhaps you dive in the menu where they dive in the very early, and you even have to repeat Kriya Shema in order to fulfill your obligation, your nighttime obligation of saying the Shema. Is there a time limit? Do you have to say it before Chatzais or not? So the answer is, the Chacham say yes, the time limit is Chatzais. From Gamliel Aimer, Achiyal Amrashachar. Gamliel argues, and Gamliel says, until Aloysa Shachar, the light of the dawn, which is uh, many hours after midnight. Now, in this way, it's funny. What, what's the pshat? What's, the, what's their disagreement about? So the Mishnah brings a story to try and explain the basis of what's going on over here. There was a story when Gamliel's sons came back from a wedding Amrullah, they said to him, Gamliel, like, Karina was Shema. We didn't say Shema. Amrullahem, on, on a side note, I remember many years ago learning in the Arach Laner. The Arach Laner says that if you're at a wedding and they need you to dance at the wedding and it's time to daven Mayrif, you're supposed to go dance and not daven Mayrif. You're supposed to go dance at the wedding. And he says, you possibly, you're over on Gazela if you eat at a wedding meal and you don't dance and you just go there and you mazatov everybody and then you see they're quickly davening Mayrav in the corner say oh good perfect I'll daven Mayrav and then I'll get out of here this is the Arach Laner you didn't do the mitzvah of being Zeichel Chamisha Kailas Mesameh Chaz Mekala possibly even being uh, violating stealing from the wedding party by eating the meal there and not dancing so here they clearly were Mekayim the mitzvah of Simchas Chaz Mekala gladdening the hearts of a bride and groom but as a result, they didn't have time to daven Mayrif. It's very different than we sometimes see at weddings, where people spend a great amount of time making sure they daven Mincha and Mayrif, but uh, maybe not uh, dancing, not as much. answered his sons, If it's not yet a little bit light outside, you could still, you're still obligated to say the evening Shema. In fact, Gamliel explained to them, which was obviously a chiddush to them, that the Chachamim made a gedda, the Chachamim were making uh, rules that were not the Iker Hadin. And the Iker Hadin is anytime the Chachamim say that the mitzvah is till chatzos, you really have till midnight, you really have another couple of hours, and they're just doing that to prevent you from doing an Aver. Now I was just thinking, what's the Pshat in the Machlekos of Gamliel and the Chacham? And the Chacham? We see from the story that Gamliel had teenage sons, right? He had sons. They went to a wedding. He had boys. He had, to him, midnight, uh, midnight is, is, is just when things are getting started. It's all, it, 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 it's uh, Aloysa Shachar. That makes sense. That's a Shiloh. Can you, you know, that's, that's when they're coming back home. That's, uh, so maybe that's the Pshat, that uh, whoever was the opinion of the Chacham in this Mishnah d- didn't have the same demographic in his household 
as Rabbi Gamliel. That's uh, doesn't say that anyway. That's my uh, my pshat. Maybe hekta reality. Yeah, hekta Now every day they would bring kavanas. Correct. Every day they would bring sacrifices in the base hamikdash. In fact, the the avoda, the shechita, the zrika, the things that you did to achieve a kapara from the carbon were done by day, of course. But what happens if there was a backlog and they didn't finish bringing up all the parts of the animal that they have to bring up onto the Mizbeach? So, you keep putting them on the Mizbeach to burn all the animal parts until the morning. Every carbon has very strict timelines, deadlines to eat. You know, it's, it's, it's not like... You know, Jewish guilt when it comes to food, it's, it comes straight out of the base HaMikdash. When you were uh, you were obligated to finish eating uh, a cow by the end of the day. So uh, that, that developed uh, uh, an importance of uh, making sure that everybody eats well. So you have a carbon where you have a deadline in the Torah. The Torah gives you the deadlines. Some carbonus. Rashi is probably going to tell us which kabanas you have one day to eat it, the day that you shacked it. So what about that night? Can you still eat it the night after? So if you brought the, today, Sunday, you went to the base of Mikdash and you brought a sacrifice, one that the owners were allowed to partake in, uh, or uh, so if you had one day to eat it. So when is your deadline? Until you have until the morning. So the Mishnah rhetorically asks, <laughs> Rebbe Gamliel, you're telling your children something that sounds a little bit novel over here. You're telling them that all the things that the rabbis told you, you have a dead 12 o'clock deadline, you really have till the next day. It's like an accountant telling you, April 15th, the IRS really doesn't care if it's April 16th or 17th. It's not true. They really do. They meant April 15th. They, they mean it. So where did Rebbe Gamliel get this from? That the Chachamim could say, Ad Chatzos, so Rebbe explained to his sons, in order to distance a person from doing a sin. And we know that if you want, really, this year, maybe start 720. But we tell 715s so that we start by 720. Now, I'm just kidding. That's not how it works. <laughs> but, but a lot of times, we say something as a gather. We, give a, we, we tell people a, a later de- an earlier deadline, not that that's the hard deadline, but we want to give people those extra few minutes in order to be able to make sure they do finish on time. And that's what Chachamim's intention by saying Chatzais, they're not disagreeing with Rebbe Gamliel. They don't hold that if somebody, if it's 12.01, let's say midnight was 12 o'clock. Midnight in the Jewish times is not always 12 o'clock. But let's say midnight was 12 o'clock. We know that uh, if it's 12.01, if you would have asked the Chachamim, should I say Kriyashma today? Essentially what Rebbe Gamliel is, telling, is saying in the Mishnah is the Chacham would agree with me, you could still say Shema. That's, the, that's, a, I, I, that's how I understand it. Okay, that is the conclusion of the Mishnah. Uh, let us see Rashi. Rashi. Rashi is on the right-hand margin. So as we explained before, the Kahanim that became Tame, they had nothing in the house that was edible to them. All the fruits and vegetables were donated. Vegetables were do, donated. Trumas and maishas. If you were tummy, if you were impure, if you had a, if you uh, touched uh, something which was tummy that, and you had to not tummy, it's it's, or had some tumor causing incident, so you were you were uh, you, you were stuck. You were out of luck. 
So they would go to the mikvah and they had to wait till Harif Shimshan, till the sun went down, which we'll see what that means. And then they were able to eat truma. What is the deadline for saying Shema? Until the end of the first watch. Rashi on the right hand margin, last wide line on the top, says that we're going to see a homachlaikis. What are the watches of the night? It sounds like a title of a book, you know, the night watch or something like that, right? The, the watch, different watches. Once it's past that time, let's just say, so it's a third of the night. The night is, let's say, 12 hours. Let's say 12 hours, right? So three, four hours is a third of the night. So sunset, what was, uh, what was Shkia this Shabbos? What was, or, or what was Shkia? Shkia was... Uh, sun, uh, okay, 620 was nightfall, was nightfall 620? Okay, okay, 620. So uh, 1020, according to this Mishnah, according to this first opinion, would be a deadline for saying Kriyashma of night. Clearly, this Tana of Eliezer did not have teenage boys in the house. Uh, 1020 is very early to say that that's the end of the appropriate time to go to sleep. Suzman That is After that point, it's not called the time of going to sleep and you lose your opportunity. Now, of course, uh, uh, Rabbi Ephraim is looking at me saying for guys like me who are at uh, 545 uh, already uh, thinking about how late we are in the day, 1030 is, is, is way past uh, anybody's bedtime. So he's, he's from Rebuliaz's family. That's not called going to sleep. If you read Shema before that time, you're going to also not be called that night time. Shema has to be read, recited, in the evening time, and then we'll see later in the Gemara why that is. Ah, so this is very important for us, right? Why then do we daven early in the base Medrash when it's not really the Zman to go to sleep? According to this whole Mishnah, we should all be asking ourselves, what am I doing at Minchamayrib at 6 o'clock? It's too early. Says Rashi, in order that when you start to daven, it's coming straight off the back of learning Torah. As somebody pointed out to me, I won't mention his name, there's no comparison being able to close your Gemara and open your Siddur. There just isn't. And that is actually explicit in today's Rashi on the Daf. You have to say it once it's evening time. Again, so right, that's also an important thing. If you daven Mayrav too early, when it's not the time to go to sleep yet, you must repeat it. Now, we're not saying you have to say over the entire Shema, all three uh, parshios, but at least the first one is an obligation. Says Rashi, When is, according to Rabbi Gamliel, we said, you have till the morning. Like I said, Perhaps that was what was going on in his house. All night you could go to sleep. You know, there was no such thing as uh, as man shkiva, as, go, as going to sleep. I heard a beautiful thing once from a Gabbai Tzedakah. He said, you know, when he's working before Yom Tif, to him, 2.30 in the morning is like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Till he has 200 applications for families that need food for Pesach, till those 200 applications are vetted and financed and done, he, he doesn't have a night. So uh, it, it's uh, the whole night is also called the time to go to sleep. When you finish your work. 
what do we say about burning the animal parts shalkarbanus of the sacrifices of course the zrika the splattering of the blood on the mizbeach on the altar which is what actually brings the owners the kapara right the kapara when you bring a carbon somebody has to bring a chatas so they need uh, they need an atonement so what at what point do they get that atonement at what point do they get that carbon chatas when they shechted, no, shechting is just the beginning of the process. When they buy the animal, some people figure you just buy the animal. It's like buying the asterisk. I bought an asterisk. Okay, so I did the mitzvah. I bought the asterisk. No, you didn't, you didn't buy nothing. You didn't do nothing yet. All you did was uh, you gave business to the, to the svarim store. You didn't, give, uh, you didn't do anything to do with the mitzvah of Lulav and asterisk. Same thing with the carbon. You bought the most expensive animal. Good for you. You got the finest shechita knife to make sure that it was good. Excellent. We're very proud of you. But your abeira is still just as much on your head until they ex- receive that first squirt of blood from the neck of the animal, and the coin takes a precise amount of steps, splashes it on the prescribed area on the mizbeach, and that is when you get the kapara. There's still other steps that are required to make your carbon fully accepted, which includes burning the animal fats and burning different parts on the mizbeach, but that is usually taken to, uh, understood not to be li'kuva. Not to be ma'akev. Ivar chalavim shalvavarim shalkabanus shenish dami mitzvasan lahalos kalalayla. The mitzvah is put them on the mizbeach, put the pieces on the mizbeach all night. They could burn all night. Ve'ainu some belina achiyala amna shacher. Now here's where it's going to be a problem. If the yakis are not very active in the base of mikdash and making sure that we know when you shech the karban how many minutes it's going to take for this particular sacrifice to get onto the altar, and you're gonna accept a lot of sacrifices right before Shkia, right before, so five o'clock in the afternoon, or 5.30, when everybody's coming home from work, that's when they come to the Vesa Mikdash to bring their sacrifices, right? And what's gonna happen is it's gonna be a rush, a 5.30, six o'clock rush. It's gonna be like parking at the Shtibel before Mincha, is everybody's coming all at once. And now you have to make sure that you are going to have time to get all those animals onto the altar, onto the mezbeach. So what do you have? So you don't have to do it by nightfall, but you have to do it before the sun comes up the next day. You can't leave it over, let it sleep till the morning. The fats of all sacrifices get put on the mezbeach to burn. Evarim shall oila the parts, the different uh, limbs of the carbon oila. Because the oila, right? Oila means that it goes up. The entire the meat all goes up to Hashem. He gets the steak. Just because we're on that base of brachas, I feel like there's something which I learned years ago about carbonus, which I think is a very important part. I don't remember which mafarshim speak about it, but it's always so many people have. Does Hashem really love steak so much? Does, like, what's this, what's this uh, obsession? We're learning about Kriya Shema here, right? We're learning about uh, davening, about Shema, and right away we turn to reference all these times of Karbanas. Why is the Torah, why are Karbanas so important to Hashem? Hashem is not a human being. Why does He love animals? And Pshad is not because Hashem loves animals. Hashem doesn't need animals. It's because human beings love animals. We love some of us love steak, right? It's because human beings love it. 
So Hashem said, if I want my base of Mikdash to be the place where everybody comes, I better make sure it's a place where people know that what they is important to them can be found over here in the base of Mikdash. And I didn't make that up. It's, I, I don't remember which Mepharshim say that, but I didn't make it up. And to me, that just goes to show how important Hashem is shows us he wants a connection with us. He wants us to be connected to him and he will do what it takes. You know, just like if you want if kids to sushi, come. We're going to be burning salad and sushi. We're going to be burning salad and sushi. There's no fish kobanas, right? There's no fish kobanas. There's yes. no such thing. But there's uh, there's ayla. There's flab. But that's not gluten-free. <laughs> I don't know. We can't win. All right. Uh, let's go weiter. Uh, which kobanas? Do you only have one day to eat it? Those are brought on sins. Uh, the uh, kvasim of yamtiv uh, of a chag. Like we just mentioned, the flower ones. When somebody has a happy occasion, occasion to express thanks, you have one day to eat it, which is such a great, great thing. It's actually the source of all cause match campaigns. All these, uh, they finally, after thousands of years, fundraisers realized if we put a deadline to give within 24 hours, so then maybe it'll be more effective. Where does that come from? Carbon tighter. Hashem said, I want you to get together, everybody and anybody you possibly can, to celebrate, to rejoice. So I'm not going to give you all month to finish the 40 loaves or however many that you have to, to celebrate. You have one day. Now let's see who you're going to say no to. You know, you're going to invite as many people as you could because you're under pressure. So it comes straight from him. Uh, uh, the mitzvah says, Rashi, he lost in the time to eat it. Until the rising of the sun. And Leah's nicer and after that, it becomes nicer. It's actually a lav in the Torah. Do not leave over the 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 carbon, the sacrifices, till the morning. So it's a lav. And we learn them out. All other carbonas from carbon taida. There's procrastination is actually in avera when it comes to eating and consumption of carbonas. So now we're going back to the story of Rambam Leo. Rashi's explaining. <laughs> it's almost like Rambam Leo says, Chachamim, they didn't mean midnight. Their midnight and my dawn are the same thing. <laughs> what do you mean? No, it's not. It says Rashi, By these two areas, the Torah doesn't tell you a de- hard deadline at midnight, but Chazal do. To stop a person from committing a sin. See, here's the thing. As soon as it's light outside in the morning and you eat a carbon that's nicer, that's left over, that you procrastinated on, it's a chayv curse. That's death. There's no... That, that's a hard deadline from the Torah. Chazal were very afraid people would play games with this. So they gave you a cushion. They said, even from chatzais, by a carbon. If it's already 12.01... Do not touch that carbon. Burn it. So it means a guy could have saved up money. He bought a carbon toida, whatever it was. And he went through all the process. He came to Yushalayim, he bought the carbon. But it took time till they processed his carbon, till they burnt the meats, till he was able to get to a dining hall with his family to bring the parts of the carbon, that, the parts of the sacrifice that he's allowed to eat. And the guard is going to tell him, buddy, it's 12.01, don't eat it. Too bad. 
That's the way it goes. And by Kriyashma as well, they said, don't say it past midnight. In order to get people not to play games, not to procrastinate. Hector Chalavim sacrificing the fat, a burning of the fat. In fact, that's not a the subject to dispute. You can burn the fats, they can burn all night on the base of Mikdash, and that's why they're mentioned here. To tell you that you actually do have the whole night. And if you're looking for an explicit source that tells you that different than the meat, different than the taita, different than other things, the fats of the animal that get burnt on the mizbeach, actually everybody agrees that's something that can burn the whole night. You will find it, when we get to Megillah, which is when? How many months? Years? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Says the Gemara, back inside the Gemara, smack in the middle of your page. So of course... This is the beginning of Shas. The Tana all of a sudden blindsides us and says, when is the time to fulfill the mitzvah of Shema, of reading the Shema? You know, that's a weird thing. Because usually if you want to discuss the details of a mitzvah, you first tell me where I can find this mitzvah in the Torah, correct? What is the mitzvah? Tell me, you know what makes sense for the Tana to have said? Yesh mitzvah, there is a commandment in the Torah, Likras Shema Ba'arvin, to read Shema at night. That would make, that's a, the way you start off Shas, right? That there is a mitzvah, not when is the mitzvah, when is the time to fulfill the mitzvah. That is the first question. Furthermore, why is it that we start talking about the evening Shema and not the morning Shema? Once you're already forcing me to look in the Chumash, right? Once you're ready, force me to look for a source, which would be in Dvarim Vav Zion. So then I already see over there, it's not just at night that you say the Shema, it's also in the morning. When would you rather start learning about? The laws of the evening Shema or the laws of the morning Shema? The morning comes first. Now, of course, you're looking at me and saying, Rabbi, we didn't celebrate New Year's because we're Jewish and we go by the Jewish calendar and we don't start our days in the morning because we're Jewish and we go by the Jewish calendar. The day starts at night. And that's what we will come to the conclusion of very soon. And for the Gemara, Tana Akrakai. So first off, we'll answer the question, the Tana is actually going on the Pasuk. Which verse, which Pasuk? Dixiv, what does it say in the Pasuk? If you don't mind, I want to look up what is the entirety of that Pasuk. So it's in Dvarim Vav Zion, which uh, I'll just read it over here. We go. You shall teach this lesson to your sons. You shall speak about it. When you dwell in your house. And on the road. When you go to sleep. Shechiva means lying down. Right? Shechiva is lying down. And Shachav uh, also means uh, death. The, the ultimate... Uh, the last sleep, right? And waking up in the morning. And kum also means to stand up when you arise. So that is where the town is going on. To be honest with you, I don't understand the answer. It still doesn't... It's good. Now I know where the town is talking about. I know where we're coming from. 
but it doesn't tell me it doesn't tell me where the it doesn't tell me why the Tana didn't start with the basic mitzvah and started with a question about the timing of the mitzvah. You, know, you hear my difficulty with this? Tell me the basics first. Tell me Yesh mitzvah lukrus kriyashma ba'arvit. Right? That question why the Tana didn't start off by telling me the mitzvah but rather relied on me finding the Pasuk on my own, like the Gemara explains, that question, I don't see how the Gemara resolves it. And that's, that's my kasha that I have. I don't, I don't hear the Gemara's tarots. Gemara had a great kasha. Don't start off by discussing the details of the timing of the mitzvah. Start off by giving me the title of the mitzvah. The subject, the, the yesh mitzvah, there is a mitzvah. Teach me that. That should be the first lesson the author of the mission should have taught me. And I don't see how we resolve that. Good, you're telling me that he's coming off of a Pasuk. So then he should have said so. This is how you read the Mishnah. When is the time of the evening? That's answer number one, that you have to actually refer to the Pasuk as the background for this Mishnah. Or perhaps you'll answer differently. You know why the Tana talks about the evening Shema first? Because of the order of Bereshis Tiksiv. Right? What is mentioned first? Erev or Boker? Erev. So we see in the very beginning of Bereshus, when the world was created, Hashem talks about the evening. The evening was created first by Erev, and that's why this author, this Mishnah, starts talking the details of the laws of the evening Shema over the morning Shema. It's uh, almost uh, it's interesting that the Gemara didn't give an answer. The Gemara could have said because Derech Bnei Adam. Derech Bnei Adam is that the laws of the timing of Shema for the evening was more relevant than the laws of the timing of the morning Shema because it was almost universal that they wanted to get home before dark like we do today. We daven Meir early. So why didn't the Gemara answer? Because the Derek Nei Adam is, this is a question that every rabbi gets asked. When do, we, do I have to say over Shema? This is, even you go to a shul where nobody knows nothing. I'm not talking about a place like Hollywood with uh, Rabbanim and uh, people who learn and know a lot of halachas. But uh, you go to places in the middle of Yehuppetsville where they have one rabbi for the whole town who rotates between four different minyanim and they still announce you have to repeat over Shema, right? That's very common halacha. That's what I would have thought the Gemara would have answered. Why talk about the evening Shema? The morning Shema, it's chances are that people uh, davened because you also have tefillin questions, you have uh, Shemona Esther questions, you have much more complicated when it comes to this matter. But the Gemara doesn't answer that. Now, we have our publishers split up the Mishnayis into sections. But really, this Mishnah has a second half, which we always refer to as the Sefer, right? The Sefer is really part of this Mishnah. And the Sefer talks about the blessings of the Shema, the brachas of the Shema. Why over there does it talk about the morning Shema blessings before the evening Shema blessings? If you're telling me you're so gung-ho that we have a reason, the Tana had a reason, you could have also answered me, the Tana picked the nighttime first. And you could have answered me, right? You could have said the... 
We don't have a reason why the Tana talked about the nighttime Shema first, but you had to pick one of them, right? You had to either teach us about the, night, the, the evening Shema or the morning Shema. It had to be one of them. And the Tana picked the evening, but he didn't answer that. If you would have answered that, then, then I wouldn't have any cautious on the Sefer. But once you tell me that there's a very legitimate reason to talk about, to teach us the halachas of the Shema Shal Arvis, so then I have a question on the Sefer. Why doesn't the Tana, the author, follow those rules in the Sefer? And with the Gemara, Tana Pesach Ba'arvis, or Hadatani B'Shachos, Hadatani B'Shachos, Parashmi L'Shachos, Hadatani B'Shachos, it's a very, we're trying to make things easier for people, not harder, right? That's the goal when it comes to learning Torah. We try and make things more customer friendly. As Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky once said, when it comes to learning and when it comes to shuls, he says, the customer is always right. Do what's going to work for the customer. And if we want to try and understand something, so I teach you that there's a halacha of Shema in the evening. Then I teach you there's also, you have to say Shema in the morning. And now you want to know what are the brachas of the Shema? Continue on the conversation, which was you were up to the morning, and then go back and teach me the laws of the brachas of the evening Shema. Amar Ma, the Gemara continues, the Gemara quotes that we previously stated, right? That was the very second line of the Mishnah that we said from the time that the Kohanim are able to eat Shema. When is it that a Kayan who became Tomei and then went to the mikvah and is waiting for the nightfall, when is it that he's allowed to resume eating from sundown? Not Shkia, right? When the stars are coming out, why speak in code? Try, stop trying to confuse me. Just tell me the time if you're... You know, when it's time to say the, the, the Shema, to start saying the Shema at night is the time when the Kohanim can eat Truma. Kohanim eating Truma, you need to give like all half an hour introduction to understand what you're talking about. When is that time? Oh, that is nightfall. Just tell me nightfall, right? This is not a legalese over here. You don't need to make it more complicated. Says the Gemara, a lot of times we say less is more, but sometimes more is more. We're trying to get in an additional Torah lesson over here. We would never know any of these laws of Truma and Kohanim. We would just know the laws of Shema. The Tana went out of his way to make sure to incorporate a whole other abstract subject so that we could learn that when a Kohen becomes Tameh and he's starving hungry because all the food in his house says Truma on it, and he has nothing to eat. What does he have to, till, at what's the earliest point he can start eating? That night. Ah, but he has to bring a carbon to help atone for his impurity, for his toma. And the carbon's only going to be brought tomorrow. Because the kapara, he does not have to fast. He doesn't have to, it doesn't hold him back from becoming pure. So the brysa, that we're quoting brings a pasuk. That pasuk is in by Yikra Chav Zayin, Uva Hashemesh V'Taher, and the sun will come down V'Taher, and you will be tired. This is going to be subject to a little bit of explanation and argument in the Gemara. The Acha Yoichal Menakachim Kilach Mayhu, and by Carbon Taita, I just quoted the rest of the pasuk, which is not brought down by the Gemara. That after you words you can eat from the Kachim. 
Bias Shimshai Ma'akava, back to the first wide line, the Gemara, right? The third word, Bias Shimshai Ma'akava, it's only the nightfall which is holding you back. Well, I don't want to say nightfall. I'll use the term of the Gemara because it's going to be subject to clarification at the moment. Bias Shimshai, the sun's uh, movement is, is what uh, allows the Kohen to be considered pure to eat truma. Says the Gemara, how do you know that Doma, Bias, Gavra? See, if you remember, right, we just quoted that Pasuk. There's two actions, there's, there's three total events here, and we're trying to determine which ones the Pasuk is addressing. Event number one is evening, event number two is the Kohen is Tahar, event number three is the next day. Which items are crucial for the Kohen's Tahira and which items are not? So Gemara says, we, you told me that it means nightfall is what brings the Tahira automatically. How do you know that? I have a tier tier, Yoyma Dilma, right at the top of Beis, Amid Beis, Dilma Bias Oirehu, maybe, perhaps, you need night, the, the morning of the next day, to come already, the dawn, to make the coin tar, ma'avetir, tir gavra, and when the coin comes the, the, the next day, when they can bring his carbon, that is when he becomes tar. So we have a, a lot of, uh, the Gemara first made an assumption what the Pasuk means, that it means nightfall the coin can eat, and the Gemara is challenging that, and says you don't know what vitir means. Is vitir incumbent upon the coin's action, that he shall purify himself through an act, or is it an automatic act of purification through nightfall? It would say, and he shall purify himself. Clearly it means the day has purified the Kohen. How does the day purify the Kohen? Like people say, the day is completely gone, meaning absolute nightfall, and the Kohen now can eat all the salad that is in his house. Bimarava in the west, where's Marava? Marava is Eretz Yisrael, the west of Bavel. Hadarava bar Rav Shila, They never heard this whole controversy explanation on the pasuk. And they asked the question. And they said, here we have a pasuk in Vayikra by carbon taita. And that Pasuk that we were talking about, how does one read it? How does one interpret it? Is it talking about Tahira, which comes from Shkia, from nightfall? Or is it talking about purity, which comes from an act of bringing a carbon by a kayan? And how did they answer it? Says the Gemara, Vahadar Pashtula, subsequent to that, they answered it, Mi Brisa, from a Brisa, Mi Diktani Bebrisa, Simin Ladavert, Seisa Kechavim, Shmamina Abiyas Shimshayhu, Maibitir Tir Yaima. They said clearly the Brisa teaches us, Seisa Kochavim, nightfall is the Kapara, and he does not have to bring his carbon. He doesn't need an action in order to bring, uh, to bring uh, Tyra. Now the Gemara is going to challenge this. The Mishnah is always the clearest source of Taniatic literature to help us know what the Pesukim mean, right? The earliest Tanan. There's many brises that will either be a repetition of the Mishnah, a repetition with a slight variation of the wording, or arguing on the Mishnah. 
What is the difference between a Brisa and a Mishnah? I'm sure there's people who can explain it much better, but usually if we have a Machloik, it's a Mishnah and a Brisa. If I'm not mistaken, the Halach is going to be like a Mishnah, right? With, what? Always. always. Not usually. Don't, Prime says, don't, don't, you got to put it down what it is. It's always. We have no apologies to those Tanarim who didn't get their works into the codification of uh, the Mishnah. No apologies. Always. When is it that you uh, say Shema in the evening? When we quote a Brisa, it says, when is the appropriate time to say Shema at night? From the time that a poor person comes to eat his bread dipped in salt, till the end of his Suda. Obviously, this sounds very unfamiliar to us. This is not at all mentioned in the Mishnah, right? It's a whole new time frame. Or is it just a different way of describing the same time? They're saying the, even, the time in the evening to say Shema is when somebody who can't afford a candle, who's very poor, has no, sun, natu- no electric lights, right? And uh, how, does he, uh, how does he eat? Probably pretty quickly because he doesn't have this grand five-course banquet so it's a sh- pretty short time, and it's got to start at a time when he can find his bread and find his salt, right? So that's the, the, is that the same time as the Mishnah or not? That is the, the question over here, and the Gemara is assuming it's a different time. So the Gemara says, Seifa vaday pligi amas nisin. Of course, it's true that the end time to say in the Shema, which was quoted in our Mishnah, as being either midnight or being Shaka, right? We had Machlokes now Mishnah is clearly not the same time as this brisa, which says when the ani finishes eating. You know, if your kid ate like three Shabbos parties and then he came to learn Avosavanim uh, in the Shtibel and he had at least one slice of pizza and he comes home and he says he's hungry for supper and then he remembers that he has something that flies with a remote control that he won at the raffle somewhere in the house and he he says oh i'm not hungry anymore he says, no you have to eat a protein you ate pizza you gotta eat a protein right and the kid says okay i'm done right that's how an ani probably ate he was starving he had almost nothing to eat and he wanted to sleep because he was tired from working all day exhausted so it, it, it doesn't take very long it's clearly not till midnight like our mission site is the earliest time, right? Or it's clearly not till the morning. So the Vada is safe about the Pligamasis and Resha, Mila and Pligamas but the Resha, maybe it's the same time. Lai, it's not in my argument. Very important lesson from this Gemara. The Gemara brought a Brisa. The Brisa seemed to have argued with the Mishnah as the time to start reciting the Shema. And the Gemara answered, sometimes you could both be saying the same thing, just with different words. And that is the lesson from that word. It's one shear, but one person was saying it in terms of Kohanim, and one, mandia, uh, one author was saying it in the terms of times of uh, somebody who doesn't have much to eat when he starts to eat. The Gemara will challenge again this, uh, this mission. is the earliest time to start Shema in the evening? Friday night when you start the meal. Now, Friday night, do we start the meal? What, what, what does that mean, the time that we would start the meal? Friday night. So, can you cook Friday night? No. If you've ever been wondering, you contrast the Chag to Shabbos. Shabbos, everything is cooked, and the meal goes right away. 
Yamtiv, once people realize, oh, I can cook on Yamtiv, so then somehow not everything's ready and it takes longer and you start later. You maybe it was the second night of Yamtiv. So Erev Shabbos is earlier because everything is, uh, you want it to still eat it when it's hot. So it's, it's, it's really the, the beginning of nightfall. So clearly the Chacham say, the evening time. There's no proof. There's a hint. I want to read this from the whole Pasuk. This is a Pasuk in Nechemia when they were rebuilding the Beis HaMikdash. I'm not a Tanakh guy, but it's a fascinating story that they were worried about people trying to stop the work in the Beis HaMikdash. Even they needed guards. We're working nowadays. And the other half will be holding their uh, pitchforks all day. So they split up, they split up the workforce. Half would be doing the work and the other half would be guarding them and guarding the base of Mikdash at other times and there was no work going on. So is clearly mentioned as the time uh, that the, the uh, evening, not any earlier than that. And furthermore, it says in Nehemiah, in the very next Pasuk, at night they would guard it, and by day they would do the work. What do we see, see from there? What are these Psukim in Nehemiah proving to us? That the work is done till nightfall, not till Shkia, not till any earlier time than Tzai so the Gemara had a question. When you talk the whole time about the earliest time to say Shema, and when is it that the Kohanim could begin eating truma? What is nightfall? Is it Shkia? Is it Tzais? Is it Ben Hashemashas? We brought you a passage from the Chemi that clearly tells you that it's still called day till Tzais HaKechavim. And if you want to have a Mincha till it's almost dark out, from the Pasuk in the Chemia, you would have a Raya that that's still called daytime. My Ba'aymer, what do I need a second Pasuk for? In case you will say that perhaps you'll you'll say this is, if you want to look at Rashi Rashi will give the best explanation over here on the left hand margin like ten lines up from where we are in the Gemara. Who said that the work schedule was so strict based on the Zmanim schedule? Maybe they worked earlier or worked later after it was called day or night. So we brought you a second Pasuk that says that this was called night and this was called day. Okay, Tashima. Now, it'll get a little confusing because we already understand the timing. We had a Mishnah that told us clearly but now we're going to bring more opinions over here. Right? The Pasuk said, the Pasuk and the Chemi said, the night was for guarding and the day was for watching. The two previous prices which mentioned descriptions of the evening time. And Ani, when the, a regular person goes, uh, when a pauper goes to eat on a regular night, Adam, and when a regular person goes to eat on a Friday night, Chachiru, is that the same exact moment of the evening? Perhaps. 
if you'll tell me that really there's no argument whatsoever, so then you have to go back to the Brisa, where we clearly said there's two opinions. There's Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim. What was Rabbi Meir? Rabbi Meir, we said early, a few lines up, was Friday night, the time of eating Friday night is the Shema time. And the Chacham said from the time that the Kohanim can eat Truma, what are they arguing about if it's all the same exact point in time? The Gemara wants to conclude from there that there's a dispute. What is the time to say Shema? And the, what the descriptions that were given were not merely saying the same thing, just in different words, but rather they were actually arguing. The Gemara refutes this. The Gemara says, So the Gemara wants to now come to a conclusion over here. What is the right time and what is the wrong time? So the Gemara says, Ani and Kayan, the Kayan starts to eat Truma, nightfall, the Ani, that's one share. We said that the Ani has to eat when he can still see his food. So that would mean that the Kohen could start eating Truma already before it says, before it's fully nightfall, right? According to this stage in the Gemara. And when does a regular person eat Friday night? That's later. That's going to be later. <coughs> but the Gemara is not ready to rest. Is that really correct? I'll ask you from another Brisa. When is the appropriate time to start the Shema at night? At the time that the Kedusha Shayyim, that it's Shabbos starts. That's one opinion. That there's a second time that's probably uh, earlier or later, but it's clearly not the same one. And Rabbi Meir, that's, uh, that you're allowed to say the Shema. And Rabbi Meir, Meir gives another opinion. When they go to the mikvah. So the three separate opinions, three separate times. Amrullah, Rabbi Huda, the Brisa continues that Rabbi Huda responded to Rabbi Meir. How is that a good way of describing nightfall when the Kohanim go to the mikvah to rid themselves of their impurity when a Kohen is allowed to be toivo by day? So how is that a good description of when nightfall begins? Another opinion. As we've quoted earlier, when, the, when the, somebody doesn't have much to eat and does no money for candles, has to start the meal. A question of what his name was. Aymer says, at the time that the majority of people go to uh, go to bed or to to uh, seba, right to to lie down is that not to eat to eat to eat uh, seba is, is like we have by pesach right uh, seba uh, goes to eat some people they come home they go to bed uh, what's going to be with reb Khanina? And Rabbi Yeshua, how does their machlekes now make any sense if they're really saying the same thing? If you have two people in the same Mishnah, same Brisa, saying different, saying different things, they're arguing. If they're saying the same thing, just different wording, they're not arguing. So clearly, they are arguing over here because they're both in the Mishnah, and one each one's shear is a different time of the evening. Now the Gemara asks a practical question. What are these times that we're arguing about? 
You can say, oh, when the Ani goes to eat, when the Kohen goes to start eating truma, when people go to sit down for a meal, when Friday night sudas begin. Those are all nice things that I would use my imagination and the generation that I lived in and the exact area of the globe that I am in to determine for myself what the halacha is. But what was their intention? Which one was earlier was, what are the possibilities here? Shkia. Shkia would be a good way when the sun starts to set. That would be a good way of describing the beginning of the Shema time, the beginning of nightfall. Bena Shmashus, that twilight zone, and nightfall, when the stars come out. So those are three possibilities that we're describing over here. Mestabra, the Ani Mu'ukhr. Now it's very interesting, because I see that there's a gears to change, but I'm not going to go with that gears to change. Uh, okay, I'm Reb Nachman by Yitzchak. Says, he says, actually, the time that the Ani eats is later than the other times, later than a regular person eats. Because if you'll go back to that price that we previously cited, and you'll tell me that the Ani is the earliest time, it can't, you only you have a short range over here of what could be called nightfall, right? Nightfall can't be 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it can't be 10 o'clock p.m. Nobody starts a meal at 10 p.m. from the people mentioned, from the Ani, from the Friday night, from the people mentioned. But uh, so who, if the Ani is early, then it has to be Rebbe Eliezer. What did Rebbe Eliezer say? What was Rebbe Eliezer's opinion? Uh, by Shkia, right? Just the beginning of night. night. When Shabbos enters. When does Shabbos enter? Well, uh, or at the beginning of Shabbos, which is Shkia. Uh, so uh, they, it can't be they're arguing. Now I saw one of them first. Maybe they are arguing on a minute-to-minute basis. We we think in terms of minutes, milliseconds. But they also had ways of calculating time. So maybe one meant like uh, maybe uh, one minute before shkia, and the other shear was given one minute after shkia. Maybe they were arguing, but it's not mustaber. And I, I don't fully understand this shot, but I saw that it's not mustaber that two tanarma arguing in a mishnah over such a small amount of time that in most people's homes, they would not be able to measure that amount of time. We could measure today because we have little seconds, we have seconds, we have clocks. So it says, it must be that the that the Ani can't be right around the Shkia, the time that Shabbos starts. The Ani must be that the time that the Ani eats is actually later than what uh, uh, When is that? Is that nightfall? I would have to say that. So when it's right, I would I would say right before proper nightfall. But uh, uh, so right before towards it's fully dark Shmashas? towards the end of the Shmashas, right? It has to be because uh, I don't see how we could eat in the in the in the total darkness. Now, what is Benashmashis? See, I don't want to use that term Benashmashis because that's a, that's a loaded uh, sugya <laughs> right there. What is called Benashmashis? And it is right here. Omar Mar. Omar Leir Behud, Valer Kahan, Bayoim, Him Taibum, Shaper, Karmaler, Behud, or Mayor. If you recall back in the Breitzer, Behuda took our mayor head on and he said to Reb Meir, he said, what are you telling me? The time of the evening Shema is when the Kohanim go on table. The Kohanim could go to the mikvah at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, right? If it's open, if they have a men's mikvah that's open, uh, or a swimming pool, maybe. Okay, I'm a, I'm a, uh, so why, what does Reb Meir do? 
Reb Meir, Hachi Kamale, Reb Meir would answer you as follows. Me, Savardana, Abena Shmashes, Didak Kamina. I know Abena Shmashes, Reb Yaisi Kamina. The same machlekes that we have today, the benashmashes that I'm talking about, the twilight zone in between the beginning of sunset and the end of sunset is not your sunset and not the beginning of your sunset, not the end of your sunset, but rather of Yaisi's. Rabbi says there is no real Ben Ashmashes. The day ends, the night begins within seconds, and there's no way to measure that time. So maybe you'll ask me that Rabbi Meir earlier said the shear of the Shema is the Ani, and now in this Bryce he contradicts himself. This is an important concept to remember for the rest of Shas. Trade tonight, leave the Reb Meir, cost the Reb Meir, cost the Reb Lazar, trade tonight, leave the Reb Lazar. I'm a Reb Lazar, Rachel Lava, Reb Lazar. Very often we quote a Tana, we're not actually quoting the words of those Tana, but rather what was recorded in his name by a student of his or by somebody else. So you could have a mission that says Rabbi Meir said one thing, and you could have a mission that says Rabbi Meir said another thing. And they're not a contradiction because it's two different students of Rabbi Meir repeating over what they believed Rabbi Meir said. So it's more of a machloikis students of those tanam of what they said. And that we find happens all the time today with halacha. I was airing a shir and there was one rav that said Rabbi Meir finds some pasim like this and another rav got up and said Rabbi Meir finds some pasim the exact opposite and he told me so you're lying. And so a third rav gets up and he says, this is what you heard, and this is what you heard. It doesn't help any of us. It helps you, and it helps you what you heard. These are two Tanam. One heard that Rabbi Meir said that evening Shema time is uh, when, the, when a pauper goes to eat. And the other one heard that it's the time that the Kohen can start eating. Truma. Shine. Shine.